Patty, welcome to Boss. Allie, thank you. Why did it take you so long to invite me? <laughs> For anyone who has not seen Boss yet, Boss is my amazing executive interview series on LinkedIn. I interview my incredible executive network to help others learn, network, and pay it forward. I am a regular girl from Allentown, Pennsylvania, the daughter of a dentist and a homemaker who found her way into the world of big time journalism right out of college and found I like business writing, even though I wanted to write about people in the arts and crafted a very sort of distinct path at Fortune over more than 30 years, interviewing kind of um, risk, risk takers, glass breakers, and world changers, as opposed to doing stories about sort of Fortune 500 companies and conventional Fortune 500 CEOs, which I did a lot of. And then over the last 20 years, started, co-founded, and helped to build around the world Fortune Most Powerful Women. I finally became a, a founder, and um, I have a company called Sellers Easton Media with Nina Easton, who helped us build Most Powerful Women, former rock star fortune editor, and uh, we tell stories of leadership and impact. How did we meet? Where did we meet? Uh, we met, we, I think we met at a Most Powerful Women event. It was at Fortune's Most Powerful Next Gen. Uh, Joyce Russell, one of my allies and, you know, who is part of Most Powerful. I believe we were like sitting next to each other, like towards the front. Cause Joyce was like, you need to sit in the front. Joyce is great. Joyce is, is, is one of the top people at ADECO and she's wonderful. And, you know, she, she and you, and, and I like to think of myself in this category, I really believe that, you know, if you have any kind of power or platform, what you need to do is use that platform really sort of outside your job description. And you're doing that. And I try to do that. How did you get to where you are now? I found as I grew up in, at Fortune that so many people were so concerned about doing the work that would, was assigned to them. And they were kind of had their nose literally in the work. Like, I don't have time for lunch. I have to, I have to work. I have to finish this project. And it's just so short-sighted. I mean, I literally, I mean, it's, it, that has meaning for me in so many ways because I was not a good writer when I got to Fortune. I was a good idea person and a good reporter, but I wasn't a good writer because I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I couldn't step back. I wasn't confident enough to step back and I get away from my notes literally and see the whole story. And I think that's applicable to a career too. Like you're so worried about, yes, you have to do the job that you're assigned to do, but you need to think more about contributing more broadly to whatever your organization is and think about what you can do differently. And I, I absolutely did that. One thing was I wasn't that interested in like conventional business. So I started chasing people like, I mean, literally chasing people like Oprah Winfrey and Martha Stewart and Ted Turner and people who were rule breakers. We all know that the, the world needs more women, more diversity in tech roles, data roles, leadership roles, every role, and more risk takers too, right to that, to that point. And here we are in the 
in, you know, in a global pandemic where women are making harder choices than ever about how they divide their time. And this is largely, I mean, it's a little bit controversial, you know, but I've said this for years, men and women think about power differently. Men prioritize getting that CEO job more than women. They care more about it, which is one reason why I think there will never be 50-50 parity at the top. There'll never be 250 female CEOs and that's okay because most powerful women don't want those jobs. They're like horrible in a lot of ways. <laughs> Some people like them. Um, so it's okay not to have 50-50 parity, but we need something approaching. How do you think about the future of socially responsible business? Well, it's super interesting playing in this field personally now that you know, I used to write about these companies. Uh, now I'm writing for these companies. There are clients and um, both companies and people and nonprofit organizations that believe that a life well lived and a company well led is all about impact, is all about the impact that you have on the world. And I love, there's nothing I love more than doing these kind of projects where we can apply our expertise, Nina Easton and I, and help these companies tell their stories and help these organizations tell their stories. Now that we have a new administration that is all about, you know, improving the world in a just and equitable way. It's just gonna, we're just gonna build on that. We started out five years ago at Sellers Easton, SellersEaston.com if you want to look it up. Um, we started out believing that we would be doing storytelling for leaders, re retired leaders, to, to tell their stories of their companies and organizations and, and families to pass on to next generations. And we're doing a ton of that. But we're also, we've also gotten into the documentary business and we're doing a, we've been shooting for two and a half years, um, a, a racial justice documentary with a two-time Oscar winning documentary filmmaker, Barbara Koppel. And um, we've raised a lot of money from a lot of very prominent Fortune 500 companies. And it's just the coolest thing to be doing that. I'm excited to see it. Love. Well, within the year, you'll watch, watch, yes, watch the schedule. Yes. Kamala Harris, VP, yep. historic yep. moment, so many firsts, politics aside, like what does this mean for the world in terms of impact? Well, I mean, it's just amazing. I, she's so, she's so wonderful. I had the bizarre opportunity to have dinner with her and a mutual friend, uh, Debbie Messimer, who, who is now uh, retired from KPMG and on boards, but she knew Kamala and um, I was coming to San Francisco. This was in 2013 and the three of us had dinner and, you know, and I mean, she, she was just such an amazing and wonderful and warm and nice person that night that we met and we had a very intimate, you know, kind of girls dinner was amazing. And so I've been a fan 
since you know before then i've been a fan for the past decade but it's it's just wonderful for the world what does the future of work look like to you mm, i think it looks a lot like this <laughs> sophia is three uh going on 15. i just went uh-huh. to her, her inauguration in her room the other day she's running on a policy of candy money and vaccines for all patty are you ready for the lightning round What is the most important skill that leaders need for the future of work? Flexibility. One piece of advice for future bosses. Encourage your people to lead holistically and think about their careers holistically. What do you want to be known for over the next six to 12 months? I want to be known for helping companies tell their stories of impact. And I want to... I want to become a successful uh, and known documentary producer. You know, we talked, Allie, about using your platform to do more. And I'd love to just sort of share what I really believe is personal power. And it's particularly important now because we're all in a world where things change in a day and everything is so kind of insecure. But You know, I've come to believe that real power is personal power and it's what you do outside of your prescribed job or calling. And you, the real test is if you lose your actual job today, you can look in the mirror tomorrow morning and ask yourself, am I still powerful? And if you can say yes, well, then you have real power. I love that ending. Um, And for all of those people who have lost their jobs during COVID or aren't looking, know that companies are hiring and to not give up. Bye, everyone.